new BYU football head coach Kalani Satake makes his first coaching hires, which former Cougars are returning to Provo. ESPN's Trevor Maddis joins the program to discuss the new BYU coaches and what impact they will have immediately. Plus, Anson Winder joins us in studio to talk BYU hoops and look ahead to the Cougars conference opener on Thursday. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Nation is live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Monday, December 28, 2015, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with the man who always gets everything he asks for for Christmas, this guy right here, Brian Logan. You know, I I actually did get everything. I know I, you I do. I I did, man. This was a great, great Christmas for me and my family. Beautiful, healthy baby boy. Uh, my wife did a, a great job with all of us in our presence. Uh, it's her birthday, actually. So shout out to you, Mrs. Mrs. Logan, uh, for turning thirty-five today. No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> you, I'm my just, friend, are going she, to be in wow. big trouble. She always makes fun of me, man, for for being older. I'm I'm 16, like 16 or 17 months older than her, and she always makes fun of me how I'm getting gray hair, I'm balding, and all that stuff. So I just I just want to throw it back. See what you just did reminds me. I have a 13 year old son, and he was talking to a uh, a girl on the phone the other day, mm. and he had it on speaker so I could hear, and. The, the girl asked him, are, are, am I boring you? Well, clearly, what's the answer when somebody asks her, am I boring you? Well, the answer is clearly no. Yeah. Well, my 13-year-old son went, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> so, oh, no. What you just did reminded me of that. Oh, You're going to be no. in big, big trouble. Oh, man. Hey, honesty, man. Honesty is, is the way to go. The Bible says you shouldn't lie. Remember that. Jason, so so what yeah. did you get for Christmas? What what does the man who has everything ask for? I would say the biggest thing. I got a lot of little things, but I, I would say the biggest thing that I got was was a new car. New car. She, my wife, let me get a new car. I thought like I, you woke up Christmas morning, you walk outside, and there was a car in the driveway no, with like a big no, ribbon. I on actually it. got it. I actually got it like a month ago, and she's like, "That's a Christmas present." That's the, that's the one, so don't ask for anything wow, else. Wow, I, I, feel, I feel like my, my gift is so much less because, I mean, I was going to talk about how excited I was for my waterproof Bluetooth speaker for the shower. <laughs> By the way, that's changed my life. Hey, I, I got to look into that, man. That it's not bad. It's intriguing. not bad. Let's get to uh, the BYU Sports Nation headlines. Lots going on uh, in BYU land over the Christmas break. New BYU football coach Kalani Satake announced the hires of Ty Detmer as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach also Eli. Lisa Tuiaki as the defensive coordinator, and most recently, Ed Lamb as assistant head coach. Nice to finally be official. Uh, in his first week as head coach, uh, Coach Kalani Satake has landed, recommits, and letters of intent from two different four-star recruits, something that is already an impact to get four- and five-star guys here. Uh, Mission, Mission Hills High School defensive back, Troy Warner uh, reaffirmed his commitment on Christmas Eve, and BYU also received uh, a national letter of intent from Snow College D lineman Handsome Tani Elu. Nice did job, right? you did. Nice, nice job. Yes, thank you, Spencer. Spencer's been helping me out. <laughs> uh, both are expected to enroll this January, man. So 
not only are you getting four-star guys, but these are guys that got it done in the classroom, guys that are able to graduate on time and come in and make an impact for the winter and then spring ball. What was the one thing everybody talked about Kalani Satake? Recruiting. Recruiting. And in his first week, not only did he not have anybody decommit, right. but he picks up two four-star recruits. Mm. That is huge and a perfect way to set the table for BYU moving forward. All right, men's basketball wrapped up its trip to Hawaii with an 84-76 to win over Northern Iowa. Chase Fisher scored 26 points in the victory. Kyle Collinsworth, another ho-hum day for him, 12 points and 16 rebounds. Cougars play at St. Mary's on Thursday in their conference opener. Just another day at the office for Mr. Collinsworth. Daniel Swarrington finished with two solo tackles and a blocked field goal in the Kansas City Chiefs 17. Oh, excuse me. In with your, yes, your with Kansas City my Chiefs. My beloved yes. Kansas City Chiefs. 17 to 13 win over the Browns. Kansas City has also officially clinched a playoff spot. Go Chiefs! Uh, there you go. Uh, and Ziggy Ansa collected five tackles as Detroit beat. Uh, the pitiful, horrible San Francisco 49ers, 32-17. to 17. I only say that because I'm a Niners fan. Well, just not this year. I'm not. Yeah, this, yeah. things have not gone well for, uh, for the Niners. Yeah, over I'm one the of those fans, year. man. But I'm hey, one of those fans. Here's the good thing. You're sticking with them. You're not jumping shit. No, I'm not You're jumping shit. With I'm just not supporting 100%. Meaning I'm not watching. I don't know what's going on. I don't even know how many wins are. So you're a there. fan in name only. Yeah, that, yeah. If they were doing good, I, I probably have a hat on right now. At least you're honest about it. I it am, yeah. It's time to rise and shout. <laughs> what's trending? You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The BYU coaching staff is taking shape. I know the importance of uh, of a good coaching staff. Uh, being able to learn from some great men like Lavelle Edwards and his coaching staff, and being able to share that family atmosphere that we had when I played. And uh, that's what I know, and that's what I plan to, to, to do here at BYU. You hear it all the time. A head coach is only as good as the people he surrounds himself with. And right now, um, Kalani Satake is doing a heck of a job on getting guys in that he believes will, number one, be great recruiters, but also help BYU go to the next level. We mentioned it. BYU makes the hirings official of Ty Detmer, uh, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb official. Detmer will handle the offensive coordinator duties as well as a quarterback's coach. Tuiaki is the defensive coordinator. And then Ed Lamb will serve as the team's assistant head coach. A lot of these things were rumored, and once they were made official, it was Cougar Nation went nuts, especially with the hiring of Ty Detmer. To get Ty Detmer back in the fold was a gigantic step forward, I think, for Kalani Satake. Oh, yeah, I, I agree 1,000%, one, 1, man. And I got so much <laughs> oh, on Twitter the, over the weekend and, and last week, man, about my opinion on not wanting Ty Detmer, which is one. Oh, my gosh, it's completely false, man. I just want to hit something. I want to punch you in the face, Jason. Get, okay, take I'm going to scoot over my just a anger bit then if that's out the on some fans that or, or people in the community out there that thinks that I don't want Ty or didn't want Ty. Uh, that, that's not what I was saying at all. My, what, what I was saying was it's a little concerning that somebody like Ty Detmer or any, it could be anybody. It could be Jason Shepard. <laughs> that doesn't. I have think there would be a lot more ex- concern if it was me <laughs> that doesn't have Detmer. that doesn't have the experience. Now that that doesn't just go for Ty though. That that goes for 
uh, Coach Kalani as well. This is his first time being a head coach. So you, when you look at the three major positions, offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, head coach, this, these are a, a first-timers. But when, when you look at the talent and you look at the opportunity, that's as a, as a fan, that's where you have to get excited because they can come in and make a huge impact right now. Look, if, if you as a fan or, or an analyst, if you say that you didn't have a concern, you are living in la-la land. You know where la-la land is, Jason? You know what that, you know what that consists of? You're walking on clouds made of cotton candy, <laughs> rainbows, it's 75 degrees, and there's unicorns. Walking around saying hi to you. I'm going to be honest. That, La La Land sounds pretty good. It does. <laughs> it sounds amazing. But it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So you have to be realistic and say, yeah, it is a little bit concerning. But does that mean we don't take a guy like Ty Detmer? Does that mean that? No way. It makes no sense. When you look at what he's done and you look at the experience that he brings, why would you not want a guy like that? Why, as a former BYU player, why would I not want a Ty Detmer to come back and, and move the program forward? It just doesn't make any sense. I completely understand those that look at it as a concern. As you mentioned, if, you, if you're not looking at it objectively, I think you're being a little bit naive. But right. I 100% agree with what you said that that doesn't mean that it can't work. Mm-hmm. I look at it on a case-by-case basis, and I'm just specifically looking at the Ty Detmer hire. Yeah. You know what? And for that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Put them on. Put on the blue goggles. Blue goggle alert. I am willing to give (laughs) the guy that won the Heisman, the guy that's the BYU legend, the guy that was brought in by multiple NFL teams as a player to essentially be a quarterback's coach, I'm willing to give that guy the benefit of the doubt. Right. If there's anybody that knows what they're doing offensively and as a quarterback, it is Ty Detmer. I have no problem with the fact that he's coming in as the offensive coordinator. In fact, I, I am so excited about the possibility of Ty Detmer being an offensive coordinator, I can't even stand it. Not, <laughs> only, not only is he a legend, and you know, by all accounts, most BYU fans, the, the most beloved former Cougar, yeah. this is a guy that knows what he's doing. Has he ever done this at this level? No. Does that mean... That he can't do it? Of course not. Everybody's going to have a learning curve. But this is a guy that has been in the NFL for 14 seasons. Didn't play a whole lot, but his advice that he gave to other quarterbacks made them better. Coaches brought him in. Steve Mariucci brought him in in San Francisco. Marty Morningweg brought him in in Detroit. And Greg Knapp brought him in in Atlanta to mentor and help coach the quarterbacks that were there. That alone speaks volumes yep. about how Ty Detmer's coaching style and ability is looked at. Exactly, man. Right, right. That's the, the highest level. Uh, coaches that have great experience, uh, have, have been successful, that are willing to bring a guy in to help out uh, maturing and teaching their, their, their quarterbacks. That says, that says wonders, man. That, I think that right there, I think, should, should really show people that, 
where where the ceiling is, right? Uh, I think the sky is the limit when you factor that in, as well as what he's done in his career, his playing career here at BYU. And, and this is the thing, man. If I if if I am sitting down as a recruit and I'm a defensive back, not even a quarterback, and Ty Detmer is sitting in my living room, he didn't have to bring his trophy with him. I'm I'm committing to BYU. It's Ty Detmer. Come on, man. Why, why, why would I not want to be around greatness? Why would I not want to help to, to further the, the, the program and, and do things that he's done to get to the program this way? And then I'm thinking of it uh, a, big, a big view. My goal and every kid's goal is to go to the NFL and go to the next level. I know that Ty has all these different experiences and, and he – players that he had and connections players that he's played with are probably scouts and GMs. Now I'm one, I know I'm one phone call away from Ty that Ty Detmer can make for me uh, to get at least a tryout, at least a tryout. You know what I mean? Coach Doman, Brandon Doman did that for me when he played, he played with the 49ers. Even Tom Homo had a couple, it made two, three phone calls and I had a little trial with the 49ers. Obviously, nothing didn't nothing happen, right? Five six, but still, that's the that's what I'm thinking. And so, you see the effect that it has on recruits when you have guys like Troy Warner who's saying, you know what, I got SC involved, but you know what, I got guys that can get me to the next level. Let's get to our Twitter question, which is today, Brian. Where will the new BYU football coaching st- coaching hires make the biggest impact? First tweet in from Dane D eighty five. Number one, recruiting. Number two, strength and conditioning. Number three, special teams. It's amazing how much recruiting is is being focused on right now because. When you look at all of the you, – you refer, we know what Kalani can do. That, that's been his M.O. Yep. And you referenced having a guy like Ty Detmer walk into your living room, regardless of what position, even if you're not a quarterback. Imagine we – can, we can only assume that Ty Detmer is probably going to have some recruiting responsibilities in Texas. I don't know. That just yeah. seems to, to make makes sense. sense. Yeah. But that's science. <laughs> two plus two is four. If Ty Detmer is going to walk into somebody's – because the Detmer name in Texas is more than just Ty. Yeah. It's his brother – Coy, it's also his dad, Sonny, who is a legendary football coach in the state of Texas. If a Detmer walks into your home and you're in the state of Texas, you are immediately going to take notice and have instant credibility for BYU. Immediately, man. I don't care if I'm a DB, a running back, a quarterback, four-star, five-star, non-LDS, Catholic, Christian, black, white, orange, yellow, green, blue. It's Ty Detmer. You know what I mean? It's It's Ty Ty Detmer. It's Ty Detmer. Also on Twitter, Young Tim 32 says the passion, Sataki's absolute love for BYU will hopefully infect the players, and the times of old will return. Love it. That's that's something we we've talked a lot about is just the the renewed passion about BYU football. Right, coming up, former BYU national champion and current ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddich will join us for his weekly visit. How does he feel? about the staff that Kalani Satake is putting together. We'll ask him coming up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Don't forget to follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag 
BYUSN. Women's basketball returns to the Marriott Center on Thursday afternoon as they host St. Mary's at 3 p.m. Eastern. That game can be seen on BYU TV and heard on BYU Radio. We mentioned uh, the conversation happening on Twitter. Our Twitter question today, where will the new BYU football coaching hires make the biggest impact? That's uh, got uh, Cougar fans chiming in on that. And I'm curious to find out what our next guest thinks about that. Trevor Maddox, the man who has never lost to the University of Utah, former Cougar and current ESPN college football analyst, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. First and foremost, Trevor, uh, how, were, how were the holidays for you? They were great. I, I worked through Christmas and was I considered it a gift to have a great job. Well, one gift that BYU fans are very grateful for is the fact that the coaching staff is coming together. And we'll ask you the Twitter question. We, we know now that Ty Detmer's on board. Kalani Satake was hired. We've also got uh, Tuiaki as the defensive coordinator. Where do you think these new BYU coaches will make the biggest impact? Well, I think in enthusiasm. I think there's, there's not a lot of experience there at the top of the coaching staff, but there's a lot of talent, and there's a lot of respect. I mean, respect from the, the players in the locker room now and respect that recruits will have for this group. And so it's just a matter of learning the ins and outs of the, of the workflow and the, the traffic pattern day in and day out and how to delegate to get their talent onto the field via the players. And so the, the talent is there, the enthusiasm is there, and the respect is there. And I think those are three very important components. Trevor, I just got completely hammered. I mean, hammered. I, I, I'm 5'6". Uh, fans o- over Twitter over the weekend made me feel like I was 4'2". Uh, with, 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 with my concerns on this coaching staff and specifically Ty Detmer um, not having a lot of experience, is that any bit of a concern for you when they are bringing a lot more uh, talent versus that, the, the experience? It is a concern. It is a concern because, I mean, having talent is one thing, but actually being able to, to create the game plans and coach the players and all the things that need to happen, manage an offensive staff, get all those things together so it focuses to one point peaking on game day in, with everybody's talent, staff and players, onto the field on this play. That is a, that's an organizational thing. And I think that, uh, that it'll take time, I'm guessing, for both new coordinators to really get that up to speed. But I will say this about Detmer, though, is that in his 14-year NFL career, for much of the time, he was a coach. I mean, he was, he was brought in to mentor some very high-profile quarterbacks, including Michael Vick, as a coach. And in order to do that, you can't just know, the, you know what quarterbacks need to do. You need to know what defenses are trying to do. You need to understand the defense every bit as thoroughly as you understand your own offense. And so from a standpoint of all that knowledge, I think Ty Detmer is a, is a home run because he gets the fact that you've got to just not call plays and scheme your system. You've got to do it against the defense, and you need a thorough understanding of that defense. Detmer not only has that understanding, he understands that process. And so I think as, as he takes the best of the best coaches that he played for, Lavelle Edwards here, and his staff, and then all the various top-level NFL coaches, I think he'll take little bits and pieces of what those guys did organizationally and make his own organizational structure that he will then apply. And once that's running at a high level, then every bit of Ty's talent will end up on the field. Trevor, it's interesting when you look at 
the offense for BYU this season. Clearly, Detmer's going to have a lot to work with, and that really starts at the quarterback position. Tanner Mangum, we all saw what he did as a freshman, the numbers he put up, the poise that he showed. Where do you think a guy like Ty Detmer can make the biggest impact with a quarterback like Tanner Mangum? Well, on the field, it's, it's that understanding of defenses. The, there's only 11 guys the defense can put on the field. And there's always some defender who's in conflict, who, who can't do everything they want him to do, because you really need 12 guys to defend an 11-man offense correctly. And Detmer understands how to find those weaknesses and then how to teach another how to find those weaknesses. I mean, Michael Vick became a much more complete quarterback when Detmer showed up to teach him how to do it. And it's the same way with Tanner Mangum. I mean, he, he, he steps off the plane from Chile, and all of a sudden he's starting for BYU. And learning your own offense is enough of a, of a challenge. Well, I think that, that that concept of quarterbacking is what Detmer will bring to it. Keep this in mind that in college football, generally, a quarterback is a running back with an arm. In the NFL, a quarterback is a Rhodes Scholar with an arm. (laughs) Ty Detmer brings that NFL philosophy to BYU, and since they'll be running a a relatively pro-style system, and since that's the kind of quarterback Mangum is, I think that mental aspect of the game, of the craft of quarterbacking rather than just the idea of playmaking, which is running around and making plays because you're that kind of an athlete, I think that's what he will bring to Tanner Mangum and his entire quarterback roster. Trevor, when you look at this this BYU team and a lot of the returning starters and in key places coming back, uh, opportunity to have Jamal Williams, Taysom Hill as well, and then you look at the schedule and you tie that in with this new coaching staff and, and the inexperience that they bring, but a lot of talent, as you alluded to, what are some of the realistic goals that we should have as fans and analysts? Well, I think as just a general standpoint, without going into wins and losses now, I haven't really broken it down that way. I think it's a little bit early for my mind to get wrapped around that side of it. But from that standpoint, what fans want to look for is a a tight operation. They want to see everything hum like like it's been going on for 20 years under the same staff. You want to see plays get in and out. You want to see personnel get in and out. You want to see no confusion on the sideline or on the field. And it's easy enough to do in practice. But when there's opposition and somebody's hitting you in the mouth out there, there's no time to stop and think about it. It just has to be operating and running. And that's the big challenge because if there is a little bit of confusion as to that operation, personnel, play calling, communication, all those different things, it'll be magnified with the cameras rolling on the sideline and on the field during the game. Trevor Maddich joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. And I know this is something that, uh, that's been talked about a lot, and that's just the feeling around this BYU football program after the change and after you're starting to hear some of these hires. The Kalani Satake hire really galvanized not only the fan base but the alumni. When you look at how important the alumni is to a football program, how do you, from, from that perspective, how do you look at this hire and what – Coach Kalani is is looking to do as he hires these coaches. You know, I think. Well, I I as one of that group, uh, am very happy to, uh, to in what's going on here. And the thing that makes me the happiest is Ed Lamb being hired as the assistant head coach because you've got a first time 
head coach and a couple of first-time coordinators, and all of a sudden you've got a long-time, long-experienced college football head coach in Lamb coming up who is a guy who understands the process. He understands the delegation and the communication. You know, he, he understands BYU, and he'll understand the – the added difficulties of managing uh, the, the missions. I mean, when guys go, when they come back, how do you plan recruiting around that? How do you deal and, and support the guys that have come back uh, from the missions? How do you support the guys that are about to go and keep them focused until they do? There, there are a lot of things and a lot of small details that can, that can take away from actual coaching of football players. And that, that's one thing that, that first-time head coaches will tell you. They, they're used to coaching the guys. And all of a sudden now they've got to deal with all kinds of political and bureaucratic issues. Well, Ed Lamb coming in, I think, will be a fantastic resource, both for Coach Sataki as the head coach, but also just in providing little little tidbits of wisdom to both new coordinators as to how to manage that bureaucratic side of it and how to manage the, the, the staff members that, that they will have to, to, to lead. And I love, as, as an alumnus, I love, I love, I love that the ego was not an issue when it came to the hiring of Ed Lamb. As a matter of fact, I think it will help everybody's ego down the road because I think they'll win more and sooner. I think they'll do better faster by having that kind of experience as a, as a guide to those young, talented coaches in the other positions. I agree with you, you Trevor. When I, when I saw the hires of, of those coaches and to, to see what they bring to the table, you've got to be in a, a very humble person to, to know that these guys are essentially better than me in certain areas. Uh, but I think that's a great sign of a leader. And, and I want to go back to, to, to just expectations again. I, I love what you said. Instead of looking at the wins and the losses, let's look and see how, how well the, the entire program is running. But I'm an impatient guy. I, I, I'm a competitor. I want to win. I love BYU. I played here, bleed blue, all that great stuff. Uh, how patient should I be to see those things as, as well as the fans? Well, don't be patient. You're a fan. I think the fans, and plus you're an analyst, but I mean, I think the fans, I mean, don't worry about being patient. Expect, expect a national championship every year if you want. That's part of the fun of being a fan. But, but also understand the process of the way that football works. You know, it, it's not a microwave oven. Football is still uh, a, 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 an activity of delayed gratification. It just is. And with the television remote control, the microwave oven, and then all of a sudden, you know, social media where it went from MySpace to Facebook to Twitter to now things that are even faster than that, you know, where something that is tweeted out an hour ago is now ancient history. This is the the super fast uh, gratification that I think a lot of the, the younger people now are growing up with. But football isn't built that way. With football, you do as an individual and as a, as a group, as a position group, offensive line, defensive linebackers, etc., and as a team as a whole. It takes time to build yourself and your group into a winning program. It just takes time. And so it's okay to, to expect great things right off the bat, but do that within the context of the nature of football. 
And the nature of football is that it takes time for things to gel. You look at the, at the next level, at the NFL, one of the problems with teams like the Washington Redskins over the years has been that they've tried to bring in free agents and coaches and plug them in and have them work like it's a video game. Okay, I got this guy, got his stats, put him in there. He'll have the same stats. It'll be all the same. And what they ignored was the concept of chemistry, the concept of, of, of teamwork and all those things that don't happen right away. Well, the Redskins have found a way to overcome that now by going old school again. And I think with BYU, with a new staff, with a new philosophy, it's just not a microwave oven. So have the expectations if you'd like, but make sure you do it within the paradigm of what makes a football program work. And it takes time for those things to come together. Trevor, let's switch gears and talk college football playoff. Lots of uh, big games this week. And I'm curious from your perspective, when you, when you look at, the, at the, the four teams in the playoff, which team do you think has the most to prove or maybe the most to lose? Well, I think, I think the team that's got the most to prove is probably Clemson because they, as the number one team of the nation all year, people have said, yeah, but you didn't. You, you had a couple of tough games against the Florida State team that had an injured running back and a, and a quarterback situation that wasn't entirely stable. You, you beat Notre Dame, but that was in a monsoon against the Notre Dame quarterback who was a freshman making its first road start. I think Clemson is the team with the most to prove that they actually belong and they, they deserve to be there. I think they do belong, but I think they would feel that. I I think the, the team with the most to gain really uh, is, is, well, not, maybe not the most to gain, but if you look at Alabama, if they're able to win this, this game, they won in 2009, uh, 2011, and 2012. This will be their fourth national championship if they can win it in that run. And, and I wouldn't – I think Nick Saban will probably stay there, but I wouldn't be – I wouldn't think it was a bad thing if Saban decided, look, we just won the national championship for the fourth time here, and uh, now it's time for me to step down. I mean, there are a lot of possibilities that could happen uh, if Alabama wins this just because of the nature of the, of the monumental achievement of winning a national championship this year after having won it in those other three years recently. So – Alabama, I mean, it's hard to get up on top, but it's really hard to stay there. And Alabama, you know, would be cemented as one of the great dynasties of all time if they're able to win this championship. Trevor, with that being said, do you believe that Alabama is the team with, with, the, with the target on their back? Is that the team to, to beat? Oh, yeah. Everybody has got their target on their back. But that's one of the reasons it's so hard to repeat, because you do have the target on your back. And part of the problem also is that your own players change the way they prepare. Nick Saban said that last year in the college football playoff in New Orleans, where they lost to Ohio State, that too many of their guys wanted to hurry up and get the work done so they could get out and play in New Orleans, go down to the French Quarter and have some fun. Well, he said this team is far hungrier than that team. And really, it came with the worst moment of the season where they lost at home to Ole Miss. Alabama committed five turnovers and lost to the Rebels. And they had a players-only meeting where they basically redoubled their commitment to each other. And then Reggie Ragland, their great linebacker, came out afterwards and said publicly, no one, no one will score on us going forward. And they, they could have been like, other Alabama teams where guys didn't want to put in the work 
that guys before them put in to get them to this point. Instead, they redoubled their commitment to put in that work going forward. And now Nick Saban says that this is one of the most focused and hungry teams that he's ever had. And I think that's one of the reasons that Alabama is in a really good position right now. The hardest, one of the hardest things for a coach, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I, what Nick Saban told me, who wins so much, is that Saban told me that when he first got to Alabama, guys like Mark Ingram and Mark Barron came into a pretty average program and wanted to bring it back to championship level, and they were hungry. But once they started winning championships, other guys would come in and want to bask in the glory of the championships that the previous guys had won. And it's, it's just different. It's just a different level of hunger. Well, this team, according to Nick Saban, has that hunger. And I think that, uh, that they do have the target on their back, and that makes it harder. But I think they've got the hunger, and that makes them ready. Trevor, great stuff as always. Thank you so much for your insight and for joining us once again. And Happy New Year's to you and your family. Thanks. Thanks. Happy New Year to you all, too. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. And, Brian, there were, there were a lot of things that, that he brought up that I, I thought were fantastic. But one of the things that I wanted to bring up was his comments on Ed Lamb. Um, it, it's interesting how it, we talk so much about inexperience. And, and yes, it, you know, Kalani Satake has never been a head coach, but Ed Lamb has. So right. he can rely on Coach Lamb for some of the things that, that he may not have experienced yet. You know, uh, you know. Elisa Tuiaki has never been a defensive coordinator, but Kalani Satake has. So yeah. he can rely on Coach Satake, who's been there. So there are people in place for these guys who don't necessarily have the experience to rely on. Yeah, I mean, it's set up right now where it's, it's I think it has to be a true team effort. You yeah. know, not, not just the players, but from the coaches coaching and helping each other out to, hey, you know, let's, let's get together and let's figure this out as a true coaching staff, you know, not really having those titles. So it, it's exciting, man. We'll talk more about the hiring of Coach Ed Lamb in about 10 minutes. But coming up, former BYU guard Anson Winder will join us in studio. You see him right there. How does he feel about the Cougars getting ready for West Coast Conference play? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jason Shepard and Brian Logan live in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Did you miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation? Then check out the new BYU Radio app available on both iTunes and Android. You can catch up on any episode from the beginning of Sports Nation to streaming today's show live. Uh, download the app today and bypass all of Jerem and Spencer's <laughs> baloney. No, I'm just playing. Wow, that was kind of harsh. <laughs> I'm just playing. They, they know I, I'm just making fun of them because they're on vacation being slackers. Hey, let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Over the Christmas break, new BYU football coach Kalani Satake announced the hires of Ty Detmer as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Elisa Tuiaki is now BYU's new defensive coordinator, and Ed Lamb is the most recent hire. He is now the BYU assistant head coach. Uh, in his first week as head coach, Coach Kalani has landed recommits and letters of intent from two different four-star recruits. Defensive back Troy Warner reaffirmed his commitment to BYU on Christmas Eve, uh, and BYU also received a national of letter uh, national letter of intent from Snow College D lineman Handsome Tani Ule. Ule? Elu. Elu? Elu. <clears throat> Almost got it. 
Uh, both are expected to enroll in January, get a jump start in the winter, uh, as well as spring ball. So excited to see them here. Not, not too bad your first week on the job and you get two four-star recruits. That, hey, not at all. Whether you buy into the star system or not, that's, that's not a bad way to start things off. I buy into it a little bit. <laughs> How many stars were you? Uh, JC, they don't give JC guys stuff. No, oh wait, <laughs> handsome did. Uh, I was like two stars. <laughs> hey, that's hey, nothing wrong with maybe. that. Maybe, I, I, maybe I was like one. I was like a half, I think I got a half star. If they have negative stars, that's what I would have been. <laughs> Men's basketball wrapped up its trip to Hawaii with an eighty-four to seventy-six win over Northern Iowa. The Cougars will start West Coast Conference play on Thursday on the road at St. Mary's. Daniel Swanson finished with two solo tackles and a blocked field goal. In the Kansas City Chiefs 17-13 win over the Browns. And Ziggy Ansa uh, collected five tackles as Detroit beat the San Francisco 49ers 32-17. Ziggy continues to ball out. He's one of, the, uh, one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. Fantastic to see him doing that. And great for my Kansas City Chiefs officially making right. the postseason. Enough of my love for the Kansas City Chiefs. Joining us now in Studio B is former Cougar Hoopster, Anson Winder. Anson, thanks for joining us thanks again. Thanks for having me. It's always good being on with you guys. How 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 were the holidays for you? Oh, I can't complain. They're awesome as usual. You know, it's time to get a break and regroup before the new year starts. So it was good. Now Brian said he always gets everything he wants, so he got what he wanted. Did you get what you wanted for Christmas? <laughs> yeah, I don't ask for much. You know, I ask for you know more sleep, uh, <laughs> maybe right. a good meal or two. You said and I can't complain. You after told that. us in the break that you got a lot of sleep over the last couple of days. Yeah, probably too much. That's not possible. Never have too much sleep, man. Never too much sleep? No. Well, if that's the case, then I I got the the amount I needed. You won't say that when you have kids. (laughs) Tell them, them, Shep. How many? We have four. You have four. Four. So you have two, so. I can't, just, I can't even imagine with you. You probably get like three hours of sleep, Shep. Jeez. Hey, you know what? You're halfway hey. there, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Anson. Uh, BYU bounced back nicely after losing to Harvard in overtime, which when you look at what Harvard was able to do, they turned out to be pretty good in that tournament. Uh, but BYU was able to get wins over New Mexico and Northern Iowa. Now that you look at BYU at 2-1 and one in that tournament, how do you look at that trip overall? Overall, I mean, I think you're happy with the way it turned out. Um, you take a tough loss to Harvard, like you said, and you battle back to win two big games against New Mexico, who's going to compete in the Mountain West, and a team like Northern Iowa, who already has top 25 wins under their belt. So um, I think best-case scenario happened after a loss like that, and you can come back 2-1. and one. It could have easily come back 0-3. So I, you, you chalk it up and you get better, and it's momentum that's built going into conference play, which is good. You know, last week we talked to you, and you said, you know, after that loss, you said every game moving forward – um, is is crucial to BYU's opportunity for the tournament and and their resume. Uh, what do you think those two wins did uh, for their chances? Um, it improves the RPI. I think uh, you're going to see those two teams compete and, and continue to win big games and compete for conference titles. So that's going to carry momentum and weight for BYU in March. And you know, it's like I said, good momentum. When you look at BYU's wins, and this is this is not new. We've talked about this. Everybody recognizes it. When BYU wins, usually Chase Fisher plays well. And in those two games over New Mexico and Northern Iowa, Chase Fisher had 41 points. By the way, hit nine threes in that game. And he also had 26 points against Northern Iowa. And we know he's a barometer player, but it, it really – not that it's, it's just solely on him, but he is so crucial to BYU's success. Oh, I agree 100%. And, and like you said, it's not just him, it's the whole team. You, you see when the team shoots well from the field, they usually win games. 
So when you need, when you need Chase to compete and and hit threes and make shots, and he's doing that, you're going to see BYU have a ton of success. So it was good to see him put those two games together and kind of lead the team and and explode and get confidence going into conference play. You definitely need that. What are you seeing when he has good games? What things are working for him? Um, it's not just his jump shot. He's getting to the rim. He's he's leading. He's being vocal. He's he, you know he's teaching the younger guys as they move on, and and it's something that is carrying weight. Um, it's not just Kyle out there leading. It's it's Chase and the rest of the group kind of following suit. So it's good to see when when he's playing well, how everyone kind of gets in line and does it with him. You know, last last time we talked to you, we we asked, you know, what what does this team or or, or what is more specifically Chase have to do to get going? We talked about listening to some Drake or some Lil Wayne or something yeah. just to get him energized. Um, but we saw something interesting with with, with Nate Austin uh, being inserted into the starting lineup. How much of an effect do you think that that has on a player um, when when things are changed, when things are mixed up like that? Um, I think it's just, you know, it kind of the expectation is now you have to really step up your game because coach is expecting you to. Um, he wouldn't have made these changes if he wasn't expecting guys to come in and make plays. Um, so with that being said, it, it proved dividends, you know, we always talked about timing and, and when mm-hmm. coach makes these changes, how I- impactful they are. And, and to see Nate kind of come in and, and them string two wins together like that, it was it was awesome to see and it was much needed. Much One needed. of the other bright spots for BYU has been the play of the freshman Zach Selyus, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Listen to this. Zach Selyus is shooting 59.6% from the field <laughs> and 62% from three. Shaking your That's head, unreal. man. <laughs> I remember as a freshman, I was shooting like 20%, 25%. So, I mean, it's impressive to see. It's awesome, and it's something that BYU needs. I think him and Nick have contributed so much in these past few weeks that you're expecting them to come in and make plays. And when he shoots the ball, I'm expecting it to go in at this point, and it's much needed. Well, and if you're Coach Rose and you're giving these freshmen the opportunity, you want to see them maximize the minutes. And you mentioned not only Zach, but but Nick Emery. Those guys are maximizing their minutes. And it's, it's at the point where BYU really needs it. it yeah. it's, not, it's not a luxury. They, they need these guys to yeah. play well, and they are. Yeah, you're leaning on them to – score points um nick and zach they've there's been games where they've we've gone on droughts and it's those two that are scoring a bulk of the points you know i think when we saw chase kind of struggle a little bit and kyle kind of just create from the point guard position it was those guys making plays so it's it's impressive to see and and they're going to need it, especially going into conference play you know byu didn't really have uh football didn't really have the luxury uh, when when tanner was going through his freshman moments right overall great season as a as a freshman uh, but there are some some roller coaster rides and going ups and, and some downs where you had to just ride through it. Um, you, you think if if Zach and Nick have some of these freshman moments, uh, what do you think Coach Rose does at that time? Do, do you take them and sit them and, and take them uh, take the minutes away, or do you think he kind of has to ride the wave with them? I think you have to ride the wave with these guys because they've done so much throughout the year to, that's kind of proven themselves and and back their their play that you have to almost take the good and the bad. Um, I think we saw this with Matt as well when Matt played as a freshman. I think when I played as a freshman, even Tyler Haas, you know, these guys all, we all had our moments where we didn't play as well as we would have liked. And coach will stick with you and you get through those slumps and, you know, you see it come to fruition later on as you, you know, kind of ride the wave with these guys. 
as a team, BYU has, has really struggled from the charity stripe this season. They're shooting as a team 67% from the free throw line. How much of a concern is that for you? Um, I, I worry uh, because free throws are so important. And you see the games that we've lost have been so close. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Harvard game, that was a few free throws. That game could have went the other way easily. So I, I think you saw him shoot better these last couple of games, and I think it's a confidence issue. Um, guys start to get more confidence at the line; they'll see more shots fall. And and I mean, I'm not too worried about it, but this could it could hurt us later on. I think, but they'll get it together. Yeah, when you when you look at the last few games compared to the the season, I mean, to me, it looked like it was a, a completely different team, and just like the swag. And yeah, like you said, you keep saying confidence, and I don't know, man. I don't know what was said or if if Nate Austin being inserted into the lineup, you know, shake things up. But, I mean, whatever was, was said or whatever was done, you know, hopefully that can continue. What do you think – and you've been on some teams where uh, Coach Rose or, or maybe earlier in your career uh, where one small adjustment literally changes the entire, entire landscape of the team. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's mentality as well. I think you could have easily seen a team come out against New Mexico and fold and, you know, say, hey, look, this tournament already didn't go the way we liked and we're ready to pack it up and go home. And they just play these two games and, and that's it. And you didn't see that. You see guys come out against New Mexico and Northern Iowa and compete and, and play well and, and win these games. And I think what struggle we talked about last week was just closing out these good games. Yeah. Um, and we got to see that. And it, it, we saw this manifest towards the end of a game where guys are making plays to win and competing at a high level and, and just be having success towards in the games. Well, the real season begins on Thursday. They begin, speaking of the Cougars, uh, West Coast Conference play Thursday at St. Mary's. When you look at how BYU played in the non-conference schedule, how prepared do you think they are as, as they start WCC play? Uh, I think they're prepared now. These, this was a good tournament. Um, they won away from home, which was kind of a worry yep. going into this tournament was, can we win out of the Marriott Center? And they've proven that they can win big games away from home. So that'll be huge going to St. Mary's this week and, and having to compete at that level because we know how tough it is to win at St. Mary's. We've struggled there um, the past couple of years, and and we've seen them you know beat us at home and here as well. So I, it's they're peaking at the right time. Anson, great stuff. Appreciate you stopping by. And, it's always uh, good. Thank you, guys. And I maybe you can go take a nap now. Right. right. <laughs> I know, right? The, get, some, get some minutes in for me, man. The mid-morning nap is yeah. – you can't complain. There's about. nothing wrong with that at all. Anson, thank you very much. Our, our Twitter question, where will the new BYU football coaching hires make the biggest impact? We're going to talk about that when we come back. We'll take your tweets. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. That's coming up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jason Shepard and Brian Logan live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation Live, catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. Women's basketball hosts St. Mary's on Thursday afternoon. Tip-off on BYU TV and BYU Radio is at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, our Twitter question today. Where will the new BYU football coaching hires make the biggest impact? Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN. Let's get to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. 
This one in from SA underscore BYU fan. Uh, this person says, recruiting high talent and a new staff that will allow the playbook to be wide open on both sides of the ball. Ooh. You know, I like that. I actually like that because w- when you have talent, you can do more things. And I remember being on uh, a few teams, uh, more so with, with BYU and, and Coach Menno saying, you know, we, we, there's not really a lot that we can do because of the talent. However, we're going to do the things that uh, you guys are, are great at. So love, love that, getting more talent, better plays to run. Also, uh, Teddy 89 says the hires will affect the unity and discipline. This team is now a team made up of Cougars from top to bottom. I like that. I like that. I like that too. Unity. All right, coming up next, we'll go with the whip around. Lots to get to. That's coming up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. New BYU head coach Kalani Satake announced the hires of Ty Detmer as the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. Uh, Elisa Tuiaki as defensive coordinator and Ed Lamb as the assistant head coach. Also in his first week, Coach Kalani Satake has landed recommits and letters of intent from two different four-star recruits. Mission Hills High School defensive back Troy Warner reaffirmed his commitment to BYU on Christmas Eve. Uh, BYU also received a national letter of intent from Snow College D lineman Handsome Taniule. Both are expected to enroll at BYU in January. Men's basketball. Not bad at all. Men's basketball wrapped up its trip to Hawaii with an 84-76 win over Northern Iowa. Chase Fisher scored 26 points. Kyle Collinsworth finished with 12 points and 16 rebounds. The Cougars play at St. Mary's on Thursday. Cougars in the NFL. Daniel Swarenson finished with two solo tackles and a blocked field goal in the Kansas City Chiefs 17-13 win over the Browns. That win also officially clinched a playoff spot in the AFC for Jason Shepard. He is fired up about that. Our guy, Ziggy Ansah, collected five tackles as Detroit beat uh, my San Francisco 49ers 32-17. Women's basketball. The Cougars lost their conference opener on the road at San Diego 78-65. They'll return to action on New Year's Eve against St. Mary's right here in Provo at the Marriott Center. Jimmer! 27 points, 10 assists for Jimmer in a Westchester 116-108 to 108 loss. The the Delaware at 87ers, yeah. Jimmer's averaging 23.3 points and four assists a game. Coming up on the program tomorrow, Zach Sellers from the BYU basketball team and Blaine Fowler will join us. We've got lots to talk to both guys about, but today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Today's Rise and Shout goes to women's basketball star Lexi Rydolph for becoming the fifth BYU Cougar to score 2,000 career points. Our elite tweet of the day comes from Sean Bingham, says recruiting without question, it's recruiting. How are you going to say no to a Heisman legend sitting in your living room? Shows on demand on BYUSN.com.